Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good to see you, be with you. Good to have all of you who are joining us all around the world this morning, live stream. We literally have people watching from Asia, Africa, Europe, South America, all over the place. And we're glad to have each of you here this morning as well. We are continuing our series on the life of David, the worshiping warrior. And we're looking at both slices of his life through 1 Samuel, and we're also discovering who he is and who our God is through the Psalms that he wrote. He wrote many, uh, in fact, most of the Psalms in the book of Psalms. So today we're going to be examining Psalm 108. Psalm 108, if you'd like to follow along. While you're finding that place, just a reminder, two weeks from today, on Sunday, August the 27th, we're going to be observing the Lord's table in both services, 9 and 11. And thanks to our men's ministry here at the Oasis Church, uh, they're going to be handing out ice cream treats uh, to anybody that would like uh, a treat uh, between services. Uh, so if you come to the nine, just plan on staying just a little bit later and get some good ice cream. If you come to the 11 o'clock uh, normally, then just come a little bit earlier because they will be handing those out uh, between services. And we hope that you'll be able to join us uh, any Sunday and every Sunday here at the Oasis. God has something special for each of us, and we truly believe that is true again today. Psalm 108 is a morning song by a warrior of God. And he is adoring God and he is strengthening his heart for the conflicts of the day. He is stoking his heart. He is stirring his heart. And so I've entitled this psalm, Determined to Worship. Because that's where we find David at the very beginning of this psalm. He says, I am determined to worship. I don't know how this message is going to go. I've obviously studied the passage, prayed over it, whatever, but, but I just know God wants to take the message of David here that he wrote down, and he really wants to minister. And I truly think that's the right word. He wants to minister to each of us today through his word. And one of the things that we're going to learn today and be encouraged to do today is no matter what we're dealing with in our life, no matter what we are going through in our life, because all of us right now are either in the midst of a battle or we're getting ready to face a battle in our life. We're either in the midst of some kind of conflict or adverse situation or circumstance, or we're going to get ready to go into a situation like that. And David's saying to us, we have to start every day worshiping our God. 
We don't know how the day's going to go. We don't always know what's coming. But what we can take control of is how we start our day. And David is saying to us, start your day by worshiping the Lord. Notice he says in verse 1, I am determined, O God, to do something. The word determined means to be firm, to be fixed, to, to be focused. David is saying, I'm focused on something. And I'm focused on starting my day in worship of my God. It is a non-negotiable. I mean, we live in a world where, even in our own lives, there's a lot of negotiable things, right? We allow sometimes the day, the week, the month, the year to dictate to us. David is saying, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I have to live my life by priorities. I've got to prioritize things in my life. And there's got to be a few things, what we call the big rocks, that's got to be the most essential things. And that we've got to then build the rest of our day, the rest of our week, the rest of our month, the rest of our year around those big rocks. And for David, it is, I don't know what's always coming. I mean, he has in his own mind that there is a battle that's getting ready to take place in his life. He, he at least has that understanding. And so before he starts making battle plans and sitting down and trying to strategize a, a, a battle military operation and instead of, you know, gathering the troops together and, and even giving them like a pep talk or whatever. No, he says, I need to start focused on worshiping my God. Notice he goes on to say, it is out of my determination that I will sing praise with my whole heart. I will celebrate my God in song with everything that I've got. Awake, O stringed instrument and harp. I will get up at dawn. It will be the first thing that I do. In fact, David is sort of implying here that the anticipation and expectation of starting his day every day in worship of his God is going to be the only inspiration and motivation he needs to get himself up out of bed. Wow. That's challenging to some of us, even as Christians, right? We have a hard time getting up. Some of us are not morning people. David is saying, you know what? If you knew you were going to start out your day in worship of your God, would that not at least inspire you and stir your heart to get up and begin by, by not only celebrating our God in song, but by coming to God with a grateful heart, with a heart of gratitude, with a heart of, of thanksgiving, with a heart that, that's going to count our blessings. And, and, and instead of starting the day with all the negative, and maybe even the stuff that we've got to deal with that day, that we start by celebrating God and being grateful and thankful. David says in verse 3, I will give you thanks before the nations. I will praise you and worship you with extended hands. That's what the word give you thanks means in the Hebrew language. 
And then again, I will sing praises to you before foreigners. I will celebrate my God in song. Notice, out of I am determined is I will, I will, I will, I will. It is an act of the will. It is a choice that David is making, and it's a choice for us as well. Are we choosing to start out our day every day worshiping our God, you see? Is that the choice that we are making? How we start our day, most of the time, determines how our day goes. Even not depending on the circumstances, because it, it sets our minds and our hearts in the right place. It gives us a perspective that we need. And it's sort of a top-down perspective that I'm going to start by acknowledging my God and who he is, and then everything else that I'm going to deal with that day is going to flow out of that. Now, here's the other thing. I think sometimes even as Christians, we think, well, if I got to start my day worshiping the Lord, you know, how long is that going to be? And how long is that going to take? And, you know, all that. Listen, it's not so much how much time we spend starting our day worshiping our God as much as we're just being consistent in it. Even if you just spend a couple minutes at the start of your day worshiping God, I guarantee you it will make a difference in your life that day. It will change your heart and your mind and strengthen your heart and mind for whatever you and I have to deal with that day by starting our day in worship. And, and as he's doing, he's choosing to thank his God and be grateful to God and bless God in song. So start out your day with one worship song, just one, five minutes. Start out your day either listening to a worship song or singing along with a worship song and make that the way you start your day, David says, because he understands. He's been alive long enough to know. Conflicts and battles are coming. Maybe today, maybe this week, maybe this month, maybe this year, but there's going to be some stuff that I've got to navigate. And David is saying to all of us, the way to start our day is with worship. But that has to be something that I determine to do. It has got to be a non-negotiable priority and focus of my life. Now, the Bible always gives us reasons why we should worship our God. And David does the same thing here in verse 4. Notice David says, I'll give you two reasons every day as a follower of God of why we should worship him. First of all, David says, because your loyal love, God, extends beyond the sky. Another way to translate this Hebrew word would be by using the word loving kindness. You've probably heard that before. The loving kindness of God. This word also speaks about God's goodness, his kindness, his affection for his people. Every day, you and I can thank God because he loves us 
and he loves us unconditionally. And his love for us is, is never going to change because his love for us is not based on our performance. His love is simply a choice that he has made. And we talked about that Wednesday night at the end of the service with the word foreknowledge, that foreknowledge is actually a love word. It means that God looks ahead in time, knows everything about us, everything we're ever going to do, and still chooses to love us. God can't love us any more or any less than he always does because God's love is constant. And David is saying, isn't it enough to get up every day and worship a God that you know in this world where you and I can count on very few things and very few people that we can always count on our God and on his love, his affection, his kindness, his goodness extended towards us. We can always count on him. And the second reason David says we should always get up worshiping our God is because of his faithfulness. Even when we're not faithful to him, he is absolutely reliable and dependable at every turn and every bend in the road of our life. And it is out of God's reliability and dependability that you and I then can come to a place in our life where we are settled, where we are stable, where we are secure. Because our security is not in our circumstances and what's going on with our life and the battles and conflicts that we may be facing. Our settledness, our security, and our stability is grounded in our relationship with God and knowing who he is and who we are to him. That's where David starts. Notice that then his worship is grounded in the person of God who God is and what kind of God he is. And that never changes. That's why worship is something that can always be a constant in our life because we don't base our worship, our praise of God on what's going on in our life. We primarily focus our praise on our God for who he is and who we know he will always be. And then I don't know whether you sort of caught this or not, but... Notice that when you and I start every day worshiping God, that there's something that begins to sort of bubble up inside of us that we don't want to keep who our God is to ourselves. And so there's this desire that begins to build in our life that we want our worship of God to be a witness. And notice what David says, verse 3. I'll give you thanks before the nations. I'll sing praises to you before foreigners or before the peoples of the world. And then even in verse 5, he says, Rise up, up above the sky, O God. May your splendor cover the whole earth. David wants to get the word out about the loyal love and faithfulness of his God. And he wants everybody in the world to know about it. That's the kind of desire we should have. Not only a desire and determination to worship our God, but to get our worship out as far and wide as we possibly can. And that's one of the exciting things I see happening here. and Why I always try to acknowledge the people that are watching our service from all over the world, because we hear from them. In fact, even Wednesday night, 
I was on my way home from Bible study on Wednesday night. I just got in the car and was leaving, and I called my wife, and she says, you're not going to believe this, but there was a gal from Ohio that just sent you an email who had just watched your service on Wednesday night, and she wanted to share with you how encouraging watching the series on Acts has been. I'm like, wow. And then she went on to say, oh, and by the way, I have eight other Christian gal friends, all in eight different states, that we're in communication with, too. And I'm just thinking to myself, God, you are way bigger than we could ever imagine. And that's why we partner with, like, the Chinese church down the street. That's why we partner with the Olacheas in Mexicali, Mexico. That's why Josh and Aniska at the Czech Republic. That's why we're partnering with Kimmy Carlson in Plant Japan. Because we want the, the knowledge of our God to go all over the world. Even in the book of Acts on Wednesday night, I was talking about how the apostles in the early church was literally flooding Jerusalem and the surrounding area with their teaching. That's what I want to do here at the Oasis. I want us to flood our worship of God and the Word of God all over Gilbert and all over the Phoenix area and all over the state of Arizona and all over the country and all over the world. I want to get the Word out about our God. And you are helping me. You are enabling us to do that. Because that's the heart of a worshiper. And that's who David was. He was a worshiping warrior. But notice, David is also in verse 6 expressing desire for deliverance. He says, deliver by your power and answer me so that the ones you love may be saved. Again, David understands a military battle is about to happen. And David is up against a very formidable foe. In fact, you see this in verse 10, where he's crying out for help because the challenge is daunting. He says to God, who will lead me into the fortified city? Who will bring me? To Edom. And then finally in verse 12, he says to God, Give us help against the enemy, for any help men might offer is futile. He doesn't know how the battle's gonna go or the outcome of the battle or the conflict, but he knows that one is coming. So what's he do? He sets an example by starting his day in worship. He is determined to worship his God. I will. I will, I will, I will. But notice, even in starting his day the right way, there's still conflicts. And now, we're not talking about the conflict that is coming externally with, with some other nation. We're talking about very naturally, because we're human beings, even as God followers, the conflicts that are taking place within us. Those thoughts, those, those doubts, those uncertainties that, that creep into our mindset and our thinking, even after starting right, because we're human and we're, we're still a flesh and we still have our struggles, even though we want to believe. I mean, how many times in the Bible did, did you hear people say, Lord, I believe, help my, my unbelief. I know that there's that internal struggle in me, you see. 
Even when I start my day right, as I move through my day, I know that this can happen and that can happen and that can begin to sort of throw off my, my thinking or my mindset or my perspective. And, and God, I'm sort of struggling right now because even though I've started out worshiping you and, and, and you know, telling you how much I appreciate your loyal love and your faithfulness, I'm asking God for your help because there's a big enemy down the road. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I chose this psalm to look at before next week. Because next week we're going to be in 1 Samuel 17 where David faces a very well-known opponent. You've probably heard of him. His name's Goliath. So David here is just saying, God, we need you. I, I can't face this enemy by myself. We can't face this enemy. He's strong. He's formidable. He's intimidating. Who's going to lead me into this very fortified city? And then, notice this, verse 11. I think one of the reasons why we gravitate towards David and towards the Psalms is he's so honest. You know, he He's not this character in the Bible, and none of them are, that does everything right all the time and doesn't have struggles and doesn't have internal conflicts. And in fact, I think that's one of the reasons why we can identify with the Psalms so much, because we see ourselves in the Psalms, especially of David, where even as a God follower, he, he still struggles with these internal conflicts and, and these doubts and these thoughts and he puts them down on paper. And I think God appreciates that. It is a reminder to us that our God wants us to be honest and transparent before him because he knows what's in our heart. He knows what we're thinking and feeling at all times anyway, but he would rather us take all that and turn to him and commune with him and communicate with him about, about these things and dump it on him than to try to deal with it ourselves. You see, and I think he appreciated that about David. Even in David's greatest struggles of his life, I think one of the reasons why David was called a man after God's own heart is because David always turned to his God, even when he was struggling, maybe even with God. And so notice what he says in verse 11. Have you not rejected us, God? Oh God, you do not go into battle with our army. David is expressing that the situation here that he's finding himself in is perplexing because God doesn't seem to be very evident or tangible right now in his life. As sometimes we, I can't feel God. I, I, I don't sense that he's here and that he's really with me. And then we can even begin to question What's God doing in our life by allowing us to go through the conflicts and the battles that we may have to be going through? I mean, we can start to say things like this to ourselves. I cannot see how God could be in this. You ever said that? Or how about this? I have no idea how God could be working this for my good. It feels like God has forgotten me. It feels like God has abandoned me. I can't make sense out of what God is doing in my life. That's where David's at. Not only is this 
enemy that he's about ready to face, a daunting, formidable enemy, but he's trying to figure out God. That's why what Dave shared certainly was of the spirit this morning because he was sharing in part of his comments about how can we as a finite people understand an infinite God. And that's the truth of it all. That even as faithful God followers, there are times where God asks us to follow him even though we don't understand. That's what faith is. That's what trust in God is. That we're never going to understand all the ways of God. The only way we as a human being would ever understand all of God is if we would be God. And we're never going to be God. Never. So there's always going to be things that happen to us in our life and we're going to say the same things that David could have been saying. How could God be in this? How could you let this happen to me? How could there be anything good come out of this? Have you forgotten me, God? Have you abandoned me? That's where David is at in verse 11. Now, here's what I want us to see. And this is important. We need to start our day out in worship of our God. That's the best place to start. That's essential that we start out as God followers that way. Because if we don't start out with God... Every day, if we don't start out in worshiping God, our mindset, our heart, our thought life, all of that, it can go down the tubes real quick. And yet notice something. And this is where the rawness and honesty of being human, even as a God follower, comes out. That even when you and I start our day out right, that's not going to automatically prevent struggles from coming into our life and these internal conflicts that come bubbling up inside of our being even before we meet the external conflict or battle. And that's something you and I have to be honest about. But when we are honest about those struggles, hopefully it is driving us to our God because he's the only one that can truly resolve those inner conflicts that we have when we're going through external battles and fights and conflicts. Because we're going to have both at the same time. Let me give most of you a peek behind the curtain today. This week and especially the last couple days leading up to this morning here at the Oasis, have been really, really hard for me personally. Just been dealing with some stuff. And then I get here this morning, and we find out that, you know, Nicole and the worship team's got stuff going on. These poor guys back here, technically, we've got stuff going on. Todd went through two microphones that just weird, just weren't working this morning. Never had that happen before. We've got this one on, but it's hanging by a thread. So I'm sort of just like ready to grab this one if this one goes down, because we're live stream, right? If it's 11 o'clock, it wouldn't matter as much. But, you know, all these things swirling around. And, and then you've got all the stuff coming at you externally, and then you've got all these internal things at the same time. That's the way it happens many times in life. 
That's why, in a sense, you and I are, are most of the time fighting a battle on two fronts. We're fighting the giant or, or the enemy or the opponent or the adversary that's out there externally that's pressing against us. And we're also having to deal with the internal conflicts that happening within our own soul and our own mind and our own heart. And that's where David's at. But he doesn't regret starting out with worship. And here's why. Because in this psalm, Notice something because I think he started the day out the right way that's sort of inserted. And it, it, it might be something that you and I would bypass, but it's huge. And that's what he says in verse 7. Look at these words with me. And if you're somebody that marks your Bible or underlines it, I've underlined a few things from this psalm. First of all, the first three words of verse 1, I am determined. And the second thing I underline, God has spoken, verse 7. Why? Because notice something. It's not in his circumstances that David finds confidence. It's in this, that God has spoken, that he has made a promise to David and to the nation of Israel, and God keeps his promises. And that's why David, even in the midst of his internal conflicts and the external conflicts and battles that are coming, that's why he has confidence. It's not in his circumstances. Folks, don't try to find confidence in your situation or your circumstances. Don't try to find confidence in your conflicts and in your battles. Find them in the word of God that he has spoken to you. Find them in the promises of God that you know because he is faithful, he is reliable and dependable, that you know his word is true and that your God keeps his promises even as you're having those internal conflicts because that was where David was at. God has spoken. And he knew because he was a follower of God and a worshiper of God and a lover of the word of God, he knew what those promises were. What was the specific promise that gave him comfort here? Look at what God said. Oh, and by the way, God spoke in his sanctuary. I love that. Can God speak to you and I personally, individually? Absolutely. But there's something special for God and about God when his people gather together in our sacred space. That God wants to speak to us here as well and minister to us through his word. What does God say? What did he promise? Notice verse 7. I will triumph, God says. I will parcel out Shechem, the valley of Succoth I will measure off. Gilead belongs to me, as does Manasseh. Ephraim is my helmet, Judah my royal scepter, Moab my wash basin, and Edom will serve me. I will shout out triumph over Philistia. What promise is David clinging to? That God promised this. This is my land. It belongs to me, God. Every square inch of this land belongs to me, and I'm giving it to my people, period. That's what David was counting on. That's why he could have confidence even as he was struggling internally. How could he have confidence going up against Edom? 
Because Edom was one of the places that God says, I'm giving you them. I'm giving you that land. Because that's my land, and I can give it to who I want to. Now let me just say this real quick, because time is getting away from me here this morning. Some of you may even ask, well, why is God taking away the land of these people and giving it to his people? What did they do? I'll tell you what they did. They existed on these lands for hundreds and thousands of years. And God gave them hundreds of years, sent prophet after prophet to them, asking them, encouraging them, telling them to repent of their sin or else he would take away their land and give it to someone else. And here's why. They were demonic in their worship. They believed in human sacrifice. They believed in child sacrifice. They were doing awful things to one another and to everyone around them. And God finally says, just as he did when, when the flood came in Noah's day, he says, I've had enough of your violence. I've had enough of the demonic worship that you're going through. I've had enough of watching children and human beings sacrificed to false gods. I am done with it. And I'm going to use my people as my instrument of judgment to take them out and to bring my people in. And that was the promise that God gave. And David is now clinging to that promise. We must have a determination to start our day worshiping God, but we also throughout our day must always bring our thoughts and be reminded of the word of God and the promises that God has made to us so that, so that we can end our day the way David ends this song. And that is that even through the coming battle, even through the internal conflicts, David ended his day in hope. Look at verse 13. By God's power, we will conquer. He will trample down our enemies. Did he go through struggle? Absolutely. But where did he start his day? He started his day with worship. Where did he end his day? In hope that God would give him victory and that he would be victorious and that it would be through his God that victory was achieved. Folks, verse 13 could be and should be a motto for our life. And that's why I chose this verse as sort of our memory verse or meditation verse from this psalm. By God's power, you will conquer he will trample down all your enemies. You and I need to remind ourselves of that every day. It's not by our power, and it's not by facing a, a, an enemy or a challenge that's small. It can be the biggest enemy and the most formidable challenge you and I could ever be up against. And yet, we can overcome and see victory because it's God's power and God himself that's going to give us that victory. By the way, the word enemies here, this is really important to understand. This word in the Hebrew does not just mean another person or a nation or whatever like David was dealing with. 
This word speaks about anyone or anything that is causing us trouble, distress, or anguish. Anything or anyone that is causing you trouble, distress, or anguish. God is saying to us, do you have the hope in me that through my power you can have victory over this or that or anything that's pecking away at you? By God's power, we will conquer. He will trample down all of our enemies. In week one of this series, out of Psalm 19, we landed on verse 14, where David says, May my words and my thoughts be acceptable in your sight, my sheltering rock and my redeemer. The next week, we looked at Psalm 23, and our verse there was verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Last week, we saw David being anointed as the future king of Israel out of 1 Samuel 16. And our verse there was that God does not view things the way that people do. People look at outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And today, our verse is verse 13 of Psalm 108. By God's power, we will conquer. He will trample down our enemies. I don't know what enemy you're facing right now. I don't know what is causing you in your life right now trouble, distress, or anguish. But God does, and this is what I do know. You and I can all use this verse as a motto for our life. That every day we can wake up and we can remind ourselves it's not going to be because the enemy or the adversary or what's causing me trouble, distress, or is no big deal. It could be the biggest deal I'll ever face in my life. And it's not going to be by my power that I overcome it and see victory over it, but by God's power, I can. In a sense, verse 13 of Psalm 108 is sort of the Old Testament equivalent of Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's exactly where David landed. He started with worship. He finished in hope. That's what God wants us to do every day. Listen, God doesn't expect us to go through the days when we're having internal conflicts and external conflicts and expects us to go through the day and maybe not struggle. We're all going to struggle at times through our day. But what God is using David for in Psalm 108 is to lay out this example. Whatever you and I are facing in life, whenever we face anything in life, start with worship and finish in hope. Start with worship, finish in hope. I want to encourage some of you today because I, I believe that God wants to minister to his people today. That through our last song of worship here today, as we determine to worship God no matter what we're going through because of his loyal love and his faithfulness, that some of you would come here this morning and let me pray over you and pray for you today. You don't need to share with me what you're going through. I don't need to know what battle or conflict you're facing. I don't even need to know if it's an external conflict or an internal conflict. But I know this, God can make a way where there is no way. And by God's power, you can conquer. 
God wants you to believe that today and claim that and live in that hope today. I'm going to ask Nicole and our worship team to come now. As they're coming, would you mind standing? I want you to make this personal today. I want you to make Psalm 108, verse 13 especially, very personal. I want you to put your name in there. Don't just say, by God's power, we will conquer. I want you to say, by God's power, Jeff will conquer. I want you to put your name in there. Because listen, you may be not going through a battle or a conflict very heavy right now, but guess what? It's coming because it's life. And if you are in the midst of a battle or conflict right now, God wants to minister to you today through the songs that we have sung and through the word that he has given to us. God wants to minister to his people today. God understands we're always going to face our enemies. We're always going to have those giants in our life. But by God's power... We will overcome. He will trample down our enemies. As we sing our song of worship to God today, would you let God minister to your heart? And if some of you want to come and be prayed for or prayed with today, you come and join me here in the front.